Well, I like to label my message this morning a vision for 2023. If I can tag my text today in our exchange, a vision for 2023. The concept of vision gives rise to some type of purpose, some type of objective, or some type of goal that someone wants to achieve in life. Different organizations, different businesses all around the world, they have a a vision or they have a mission that they want to accomplish. For instance, Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, says their mission is to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport by bringing compelling mass market electric cars to market as soon as possible. Some would argue that the creative minds of Tesla is accomplishing that goal. But let me suggest to you, not only that organizations have a vision, but also people. Take, for example, Wilbur and Orville Wright. You may have heard of them as the Wright brothers. Born in Dayton, Ohio, their father was a bishop and their mother was a college-educated, stay-at-home mom who had a knack for engineering. She implanted into her children to to read, to, to learn, and to think, and to be creative. Who would have thought she would have gave birth to children in one sense that we can call the first pilot? And their ingenuity led to the basics behind what we call the modern aviation industry. Today, over 4 billion passengers fly annually. The global revenue from aviation is approximately $782 billion. That's B with a, as in boy, billion dollars. And that was just in the year of 2022 alone. Who would have thought? that the success of flying and airplanes started from a vision. It was the Wright brothers' genius and vision to see that humans would have to fly their machines that the problems of flight could not be solved from the ground. Although I will say that I know a bunch of flights got canceled this week. Mine was one of them. So my problem I had to solve from the ground, I had to drive four and a half hours, but that's another sermon. Every good success story, every good movement, every good life-changing thing starts with a vision. A vision is having the ability to see or to visualize something even though it's not fully realized yet. I'm going to repeat that one more time. A vision is having the ability to see, to, to, to visualize something even though it's not fully developed. It's like the great sculptures of history. They had vision, I would say. They had the ability to look at a piece of material and see something. Something that wasn't fully realized, but as they began to carve, as they began to mold, as they began to shape, as they began to chisel that piece of raw material, 
their vision started to become a reality. Remember, every good thing starts with the vision. So RCC, what better way to start off our year by casting vision on the raw material that's not fully realized yet, but something that we pray and we desire to become a reality? What is that, you may ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. The vision for 2023 is capsulized in this statement here. We want everybody to be known by name. We want everybody to be known by name. That's the vision for 2023. You'll see more about this throughout the year, the hashtags. We've got some creative things that we're going to be doing that will really emphasize this idea, this vision of every person being known by name. This means that we don't want anybody at RCC to slip through the cracks. We don't want people to not be known. We want people to actually belong. We want people to be what we call a diverse family. And that starts by us being intentional and knowing each other's names. And not only knowing each other's names, but knowing each other's lives. We desire for people to be known by others and known by name. But before that happens, I think it's imperative, I think, to set the foundation of what this really looks like and means. It means, and I got two points, and I'm out of your way for my note takers in the room, okay? Got two points, and then I'll be done, all right? The first point is this. You understand and believe that God knows his people by name. If we're going to start off by trying to know other people by name and know, know others, it's important that we understand that the God of the universe that we believe, that we serve, that we worship, we have to understand that he knows us by name. And that makes all the difference in our lives. That's a completely paradigm shift if we really think about it. We have to understand and believe that God knows us by name. The fact that God knows us is a pretty big deal. When you think about the other pagan gods that's in the Bible, they don't know their people by name. In fact, they don't know their people. But God, who is a personal God, who is a relational God, who is an all-powerful God, who is an all-loving God, who is an all-caring God, knows his people. And he knows them in a special way that I don't want to move past this too quickly. When we think about what the Bible really unpacks and says, there's a passage that says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. Um, Some of you have bald heads. I ain't going to say no names. James in the back. Some of you have a lot of hair. Some of you have a little bit of hair. But just think about that simple thought that God knows the number of hairs on your head. I would also say that other passages in the Bible talks about how God formed us, how God shaped us. How God 
molded us, how he created us. We can say that God has vision. And his vision that he has for us is so much more than we have for ourselves. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 says this. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you in the through the rivers, they should not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you should not be burnt, and the flame shall not consume you. Now, in this context here in the Old Testament, uh, it's talking about the idea of God being a savior, how God is a rescuer, how God really knows his people, but he saves his people, and he delivers them from bondage, he delivers them from, from the enemy. This is the context of Isaiah 43, but that phrase there that he called you by name implies that he knows you. It implies that he knows who you are. It implies that he knows you. And if God knows you, that makes all the difference. All the people that are here in this room, when you think about it, each person's name, each person's personality, all the stuff that you're thinking right now, God knows it. Because God is all knowing. Not only he knows the hairs on your head, not only he knows you by name, but he chose you before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 tells us that in love he predestined us. (laughs) So before the foundation of the world, God called you by name to be a part of his family, to be a part of his people, to be a part of his multi-ethnic, diverse family. This is not by accident that you all are just sitting here worshiping God this morning. God knew this way before we were even thought of. He chose us for himself. God took the initiative to get to know us and be in relationship with us. Also in the Bible, God knows us so intimately that for those who repent and trust in his only begotten son for salvation, Revelation says their names were written in the book of life. It's interesting when you trace this name theme throughout the Bible. People that believe in Jesus, that trust in Christ, you are on the VIP guest list in heaven. Your names are written in the book of life. And again, that makes all the difference for our salvation and because God is a God of grace. So if you're here this morning, you want to start off the new year right. You want to start off the new year with a vision. One thing I would want to just say to you respectfully is to believe in Jesus. To trust in the finished work of Christ that he crucified his son. (laughs) Isaiah says that it was the Lord's will 
to crush the son. And keep in mind that Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect. He was holy. He was righteous. He lived a life that we can't live because of the brokenness, because of the sin that we have in our life. But God in his mercy, God in his grace sent Christ to be the atoning sacrifice on our behalf. And for anyone that believes in Jesus, when I talk about belief, I'm talking about genuine faith. Doesn't mean you have all the answers answered. It doesn't mean that you may not even question. It doesn't mean that you may not even doubt. But what it does mean is that you genuinely surrender and believe in Messiah Jesus for salvation. This is the message of the gospel. Through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, (laughs) you can be known by name. So that's my encouragement for those that are still on a journey or still asking questions is to believe in the gospel. But considering this is true, I would argue that we should be motivated to know others by name because we're, remember, we're created in God's image and his likeness, and he knows us by name, so we should know other people's by name. So I want to give you a quick practical thing that you can do in the new year. All right, you ready? It's very, very simple. Learn people's names. Make it a goal to learn a name or two of somebody each Sunday. This can happen before service. This can happen after service. It can happen during service, just not when the preacher's preaching. But there's a time in the service where we call the greeting time. That's a perfect time for you to be able to get to know people's names. And when I say get to know people's names, um, You should also try to uh, get the right um, pronouncement of people's names. Okay? All right? Um, If someone is mispronouncing your name, you should tell them, hey, that's not how you pronounce my name. And you should correct them. You shouldn't go five years. I ain't going to say no names in here. You shouldn't go five years and people not know the right. All right, y'all follow me? Okay. So learn people's names. Very, very simple, right? That's a very practical thing that we can do because as we cast vision for RCC, we want Roosevelt to grow. Yes, spiritually, but also, yes, numerically. Numbers not necessarily a bad thing per se, right? Acts chapter 2, Peter preached a dope sermon. 3,000 people got saved. Right? Nothing wrong with numbers per se, but at Roosevelt, because God had put us here uh, in a crucial area in downtown Phoenix, we want to be the hands and feet to Jesus. And we want individuals, we want families to be a part of our church, one, so they can get to know God and so that we can get to know them. And because they have, offer, they have different skills and giftings and stuff that the Lord had, uh, that has uh, given them, that they can be a blessing to us. And by virtue of that, we can also be a blessing to them. Amen? So we want Roosevelt to grow uh, with individuals and families. By the way, this does mean single people. I don't want to exclude them. We want single people here. Amen? Shout out to all my singles in the room. We want people with uh, families, married people, okay? People with kids, 
whether you got one kid or if you got seven, that's okay as well, all right? Uh, for those people that may be divorced, okay, and you got blended families, that's okay as well. We want you here also. Um, we want all types of people so that we can engage all types of people, right? That's the mission that we have here at Roosevelt. So we don't want to exclude anybody out, regardless of background, regardless of gender, regardless of ethnicity. Whatever it is, Roosevelt is a place that you can call home and that you can be known by name. All right? So the vision of 20, for 2023 is for everybody to be known by name. It starts with understanding and believing that God knows us by name. But the second point, I told you I got two points. Second point, but also so we can embrace and do the one another's in the New Testament. So we can embrace and do the one another's in the New Testament. When I say one another's, there's about over 50 Bible passages in the New Testament that talks about doing life with each other. You may hear them said stuff like love one another, care for one another, forgive one another, be compassionate to one another. Stuff like that, all right? So what I want to do real quickly, I want to just go through a couple of scriptures in the New Testament that gives us one another theme, but I believe that that's important because as we're doing the one another's, it's easier and helpful for us to know each other by name. When we're in close proximity to one another, when we're doing life to one another, with one another, it's easier for us to know each other's name and to know each other's lives. So here's the first Bible passage, Romans 12, 16. It says, live in harmony with one another. Not live in division. Not live in unforgiveness. It says live in harmony. That word there for harmony has this idea of, 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 of peace and um, being attentive to, right? So live in harmony with one another is one of the commands that we see in Scripture. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Serve one another in love. And I love that uh, Paul puts that preposition phrase in there, in love. We're not doing this reluctantly. We're doing this in love because we love and care for each other. Galatians 5, 13. An example of this in my life was when my wife gave birth to our daughter, um, RCC, you guys served us so well with providing meals for us for multiple weeks. It was a huge blessing to our family for Uber Eats, for people of you who gave DoorDash. Some of you actually came over and uh, y'all made food for us from your home and, 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 and gave it to us. All the different ways, that is a beautiful way, a beautiful picture of what it means to serve one another. Now, I want to say this as well. Um, even though some of you still pronounce my daughter's name wrong, I know that as we live in harmony with one another and as we continue to serve one another, y'all will eventually get it right. Amen? Amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 20, 
It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, some of you may be hearing this and you may have some objections to that. Um, especially if it was, you know, COVID time, right? But just know that different cultures do things differently, all right? Um, Newsflash, just because we're in America doesn't necessarily mean that America does everything right, all right? Um, but this is just a, a cultural thing, and in certain, you know, in Italy and different places of the world, greeting somebody with a holy kiss, that's just a way of saying a hello, a, a welcome. Um, I would say if we are going to do that in America, if you want to take a strict hermeneutic on that, um, you probably should know the person's name. <laughs> Amen? Is that fair? You probably should know the person's name if you're going to give them a holy kiss, all right? If you're married, then you want to talk to your spouse about that. I don't want no issues with that. But this is a way of just understanding that people are saying welcome and, and, and hello, right? Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Colossians 3.13, forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Listen, I want to say this. We're in a new year, and I think some of us bring in baggage from old previous years, and some of that baggage is unforgiveness. So if there are any grievances, if there are any issues, if there are any challenges that people are holding on to and harboring, you have permission to forgive. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it may not take time, but... A vision for 2023, if we want to know each other by name and let other, want others to know us by name, I think it's going to be important for us to get rid of any unforgiveness within our heart. Amen? So forgive whatever grievances you may have. And in 1 Peter 4, 8, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. I can keep going on and on, but here's just a couple of Bible verses that talks about this idea of one, one another. Um, one story from uh, the different community groups that we have at Roosevelt, um, I've talked to a couple of different people, and 2022 was a hard year for a lot of people, okay? Um, very tough, financially tough for some people, mentally tough for some people, kids-wise, there's the whole gamut of why it was tough. And talking to a couple of couples, they told me that um, being in community groups, being around a group of like-minded people to encourage them, to pray for them, to serve them, to do all these things with them, that was their lifeline to get through. So don't underestimate this idea of one anothering because when you're going through a tough time, when you're going through a difficult time, sometimes it may be challenging for you to even come inside the sanctuary. But having brothers and sisters around you to support you, to love you, to care for you deeply could be the crutch that you need to continue to walk. So don't underestimate this one another in things. Some examples for what this looks like for 2023. First thing I think it looks like, we're going to do some post-service gatherings. Now, you've seen some of this um, over the last month or so. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had pie in the hall area. 
that's a post-service gathering, right? Uh, the other time we had coffee, that we had a guy who came with the coffee for those that was here. Some of you are like, I wasn't here for that. Oh, you missed it. Um, um, but yeah, some of these post-service gatherings. In 2023, we're going to do more of that because that's going to create space for us to fellowship, for us to get to know one another, and for us to know one another's names, okay? So you'll, you'll see more post-service gatherings. The second thing you'll see is more parent gatherings. Amy O'Brien, who's our spiritual formation and family care minister, she has done an amazing job with our kids and with these post-parent gatherings. There are a lot of new parents here um, in, in, in the room and even parents that are more seasoned. But Amy has taken the initiative to create space, particularly for parents, so that they can be able to um, guide and direct and, and help their children. And I would say that's another area that the parents can get to know one another and get to know one each other's names and also the children as well. So you'll see more post-parent gatherings this year. And then you'll see more community groups that will be launched and will be developed. Uh, I believe for us to know each other by name real intimately is going to take more spaces like community groups to add more of our, our what, what, what I call them, CGs, uh, so people can feel loved and care and appreciated. All right? So these are just some ways that, as a church, we want to do this. All right? I want to say this, though. RCC staff and leadership, um, we can create the space. However, this is going to take the entire congregation to do, to be intentional in order for us to accomplish this vision. In other words, it's not just on the leadership and staff to just create the spaces, but you guys have to take advantage of the spaces. Does that make sense? Because we're all in this together. Amen? We're all in this together, and if we're going to do this, then it just it can't just be like just the leadership. I don't want you to walk away from this sermon thinking, oh, Roosevelt's, my church, they're doing something great. I like it. I want you to say, cool, we're doing something great. How can I get involved? How can I participate? How can I do my part in helping others being known? by name. It's going to take each and every one of us and the people that decided to stay home today, too. Amen, lights and walls. Right? It's going to take all of us to be able to do this. So some key, some key takeaways in order for this to happen. One, you have to be around. You have to be around. You can't know people if you're not around them. Sunday morning is one aspect, one aspect, not the only aspect, but is one aspect that you should probably come. You should be here. You should worship with us. You should worship with your family. I know some of some people um, they may come once every once in a while. Once every other month. And I just wanted to say up front, if you want people to know you by name and you want to get to know others by name, that's not going to cut it. 
that's not going to work. So there's this idea of actually being here and being involved that, yes, as your pastor, as one of the pastors, I am encouraging and calling all of us to be around. Sunday morning is one aspect. If you are a part of a Bible study, Roosevelt on Tuesdays, uh, Surge School, um, whatever things that you're a part of, informally or formally, you have to be around. You have to show up. You have to be available. This is how it starts for people to know you and for you to know them by name. So simply, you just got to be here. You know, when you work out, the hardest part is actually getting to the gym. Okay? But once you're at the gym, it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm here. I can, I, I can do it. Right? Maybe I'm just speaking for me. Come in here, being around is just the first part. But once you're here, it gets a little bit more easier. Amen? I also want to say a word about being around to our introverts and extroverts. Um, uh, I got to say this. The Bible doesn't give a category to opt out if you're an introvert. All right? In other words, this is for all people. Now, it may look differently for you because I understand, you know, that. But just because you're an introvert doesn't mean that you can't be around. It doesn't mean that you can't know people. Maybe it might be one-on-one with people versus being in a big setting, right? But just saying that this is for everybody and all of us have to do this, introverted or not, all right? So be around. The second thing, I already gave that to you. Learn people's names. I already said that, right? Learn people's names and learn people's And then here's a goal. The first six months of the year, make it a goal to get to know one person or family personally. In the first six months, so we're in January. Is that July? June. I'm not good at math. June. Yes? So by June, commit to knowing one person or one family personally. Here's what that does not mean. I'm not talking about families and people you already know. I know that's what some of you guys are thinking. I'm talking about somebody new. Somebody you don't really know that well. Maybe you've seen them at church here and there, but you don't really know them that well. You want to get to know them. So we're talking about brand new people that you do not know that well. Not your family, not your best friend that already goes here. Already goes here. We're talking about other people. Okay? Does that make sense? What that looks like is just simple. You can take advantage of the post gatherings that we talked about, the parent gatherings, all this type of stuff. Because Roosevelt, we're going to create space for that. But you to take the initiative and be intentional is very simple, like doing lunch or coffee or breakfast with somebody throughout the week. It could be on a Sunday. It could be, and I'm not saying it has to be on like a rhythm or anything like that, but just here and there, create space intentionally yourself to grab lunch with somebody. Now, we all have busy lives. I understand that. We got children. We got this. We got that. 
listen, I, if anybody, I understand what it means to be busy, okay? With that said, though, what I want to encourage us to do is think about the stuff that you're already doing. Think about the things, that, the activities that you're already doing. For you, if it's going to the gym, if you already have to do that, then maybe you can invite that person with you to go to the gym. If you like to go grocery shopping and all that type of stuff, you, all, you, you have to do it. So just say, hey, I'm going grocery shopping. Did you want to come grocery shopping with me? Right? For y'all who like to do play dates with the children or kid dates, whatever they call it, right? If you're already doing that, just invite. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Whatever it is that you're already doing, see if you can just make it compatible with the other person. Right? Listen, everybody has to eat dinner. Everybody has to eat dinner. So if it's challenging for you to create a new space or a new time to eat with somebody else, just invite them over your house for dinner the time that you normally eat. Very simple, right? Like, we don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. What I want you to take away from is whatever it is in your sphere of life that you already do, if it's challenging for you to get with somebody, just bring them into what you're already doing. Hopefully that can make things a little bit more easier. And finding something fun to do together, all right? Of course we have Bible studies. Of course we do all of that. Nothing wrong with any of that. I'm a pastor. I love to encourage people in the word. But you can also do f- other fun things like play basketball, like go to top golf, like whatever the fun thing it is for you, you can do that as well. All right? So remember, every good movement, every good thing starts with a vision. And the vision for 2023 is to have everybody known by name. Roosevelt, will you help us to this end? And the church said, amen, amen. Father God, we want to thank you for who you are. Thank you that you know us by name. You know us personally. You know us intimately. And I ask for if anyone is here that feels isolated, feels lonely, that this year that can be erased because people here at Roosevelt will seek to know everybody by name. People that come through our doors, people in our neighborhoods, the people in our communities, help us be able to do this more and more so that people can belong. Pray all this. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen.